Hi, and welcome to the Black and White Podcast, where we speak radical grace, raw truth, and real hope in a gray world. I'm your host, Denise Pass, with my co-host, Micah Maddox, and today we are finishing up a month-long discussion centered around shame and the launch and rollout of my book, Shame Off You. Woohoo! I feel like we should be throwing confetti. Yes. The book is finally here. It's finally in our hands. Hallelujah! And hopefully for our listeners, you have received a copy. If you haven't yet, be sure to check it out. You need to get it. It's Shame Off You by Denise Pass. And our scripture for today's episode is from Philippians 2, 5-8. You must have the same attitude that Christ Jesus had. Though he was God, he did not think of equality with God as something to cling to. Instead, he gave up his divine privileges. He took the humble position of a slave and was born as a human being. When he appeared in human form, he humbled himself in obedience to God and died a criminal's death on a cross. So Denise, today we are wrapping up our discussion on shame, and we've been talking about shame all month long, and we've been talking about the truth that you reveal in your book, and today we're going to discuss the cycle of shame. So tell us a little bit about that. Hey, and you know, we have no shame about talking about this for a month. That's right. That's right. Shame off you. <laughs> well, you know, the cycle of shame is like a hamster wheel of habit. Mm. It repeats as we become more and more overcome by the burden of guilt and shame and don't process it biblically. We, we talked about before how to have that mind of Christ, how to process shame biblically. But the root of our shame begins to grow an ugly fruit, while what I call the four C's of the cycle of shame keep us circling about the shame in our lives as we attempt to resolve shame on our own. Man, this gives me like a desire to really get rid of this thing because when you talk about it as a cycle, it makes me realize and just see clearly that this thing happens over and over Mm -hmm. and over again. It makes me think of the Israelites, you know, just wandering (laughs) and wandering and wandering. So what I love about the way that you present the cycle is it shows us, hey, this is a real problem, mm-hmm. and we, we really got to fix it. We got to face it, and we got to fix it. And you don't just tell us that we have to, but you show us how. So what are the four cycle, four, I guess, steps in the cycle of shame? Yeah, I just have to say, too, about the Israelites, you know, uh, there's a scripture somewhere that talks about, uh, you've been circling around long enough, go north. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, head the other way, dude, like, really. <laughs> but, and we laugh, but... Like, we have that, too. Oh, you know, I mean, do. 40 years in the desert, which was, what, supposed to be 11 days or something? Mm-hmm. Yeah. So a long time. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and, you know, God doesn't want us to live like that. You know, yeah. but we have sometimes some lessons are hard to learn. So, but the four C's of the cycle of shame, you know, condemnation, I believe, is like a starting point. You know, we feel unworthy ourselves. There's that Southern twang coming <laughs> Or... You know, others try to condemn us. Of course, we have the accuser who's always doing that too. But condemnation kind of has us in that place of feeling stuck. And where do we go from that? We can then head to comparison. Okay, we're going to try to get rid of this ugly feeling of condemnation we have. We're going to compare to others. Oh, they have it worse than us. You know, Mm. I'm not as bad as... Meanwhile, that condemnation is still there in our souls, mm-hmm. and we're, we're comparing. And then that kind of moves us along to this crisis point. 
I can't get rid of this. I'm trying to compare. I'm, I do feel unworthy. You know, in those moments where we finally are real with ourselves and we're not sure what direction to go. And I believe that leads us to a commitment. Either a commitment to stay on that cycle or we can shift to the other cycle that I talk about. But we kind of stay committed on that shame cycle when we don't get rid of those mm. things biblically. Yeah, man, you know, immediately as you're talking through this cycle of shame, I immediately think of my motherhood, Mm. (laughs) my mothering, you know, because there are so many times as I'm filling the role of mom that I feel unworthy, that I feel like I'm not doing well enough. I'm Mm -hmm. not doing this thing the right way or I'm messing it up. And then to make myself feel better, I look at the other moms out there. Right. Mm -hmm. And I start comparing myself and saying, oh, well, hey, I did a homemade Christmas ornament for the last five years. Yes, I'm a good mom. Right. And so I think I've got something going for me and I'm comparing my worth because of what others are doing. And it's so silly. Yeah. But I'm finding shame obviously in not feeling worthy and then not feeling like I'm doing good enough because although I did the Christmas ornament we didn't make it to the walk through nativity right (laughs) I missed that one every year and then I find myself in crisis and for me it that looks like um depression Mm -hmm. so Mm -hmm. I find myself like you know, head under the covers, hearing the <laughs> child scream, and the other two are arguing, and the other one is, who knows, doing what downstairs. And I'm like, man, here I am needing to be filling the role that God has placed me in, but I'm in crisis because I'm not good enough. Right. And then I have to make a choice. Am I going to stay mm-hmm. here in my bed under the covers, <laughs> yeah. hiding my shame? With chocolate. Just like that. <laughs> Definitely with chocolate and Dr. Pepper and maybe, maybe a donut too. I can see the straw too. Out of it because if you're lying down, you have to have a straw to right. sip your Dr. Pepper. That's right. The bendy, the bendy straw. But anyway, so there I am in my crisis moment, having to make the de- decision: Am I going to? commit this moment to the Lord and say, hey, I know I'm not unworthy. I need your help. And although I may not be as good of an, as another mom, I've got to realize that I am enough with Jesus and mm-hmm. rise up and go tend to the child and go correct the bickering and go find my other mm-hmm. child who's getting into something. You know, man, I just see it so clearly when you laid out the four C's. And I think for me, it's mothering. For someone else, it's going to be something different, obviously. But I think we each have this cycle in our lives. So for me, the hardest part of this cycle is probably that crisis moment. So I, I condemn myself. I get through that. I compare myself with others. And I sink into this crisis moment and now I've got to make the decision that's the hardest part for me what about you what's the hardest part of the cycle well I first want to say the whole comparison thing when I was home educating and my kids I uh, remember people saying oh we did a salt map for (laughs) (laughs) Mm -hmm. and I'm like I can't find the ingredients (laughs) I'm with you and you know I definitely felt that but I think that what is Hard and we're laughing, and there's some we can laugh at ourselves, and that's good and healthy. Mm-hmm. But shame is painful, yeah. And I think that is the hardest place is when we get to that crisis, depression, and other things create that confusion. Mm. 
and it's very difficult to get out of that mindset. I would say for me, comparison has probably been the biggest and been something I've had to address as idolatry in my life. And at times when I, again, tend to think, oh, I'm not enough, I'm not enough. And being okay with who I am and laughing at myself. I really laugh at myself a lot because I definitely don't have it all together. And someone used to say, uh, as a good friend of mine, she said, you know what, one day my kids will need therapy for my parenting. And I'm okay with that. (laughs) I'm okay with that. I love that little tag. I'm okay with that. (laughs) That's great. So how do people get off of this cycle of shame? Yeah, you know, um, I think... Cycles aren't all bad when they're formed using the biblical lens of truth, humility, and grace. And so I think it's at that crisis point that we can do a shift, okay? We all feel condemnation. Maybe it's conviction. And we can choose what I call the cycle of shame off you, the cycle of redemption. Mm. And so there are four C's in the cycle of shame. And there's four R's on the shame off you cycle that lead us continually to the presence of God for shame removal, not to man. And so it starts with a revelation. So we have revealed to us maybe a hidden shame, or maybe it's something we know, it's a big elephant in the room, you know, some shame that's robbing our joy. So I have this revelation, what do I do with it? Mm. On the shame cycle, I'm going to go start comparing. Here, I'm going to start reflecting on that through God's Word. I'm going to start... Uh, meditating on his truth. I'm going to take that shame and examine it through the biblical lens. Mm -hmm. And then that's going to lead me possibly to repentance if I need it. Uh, Even if someone did something to us, there might be something that we responded that wasn't so great. (laughs) And so humility, being willing to do that, leads us to restoration. So why would I call it a cycle? Is because we're going to have to repeat this. You know, instead of repeating the the fallen structure of the shame cycle, we have a redeemed cycle, which means we're going to fall short and have to come back through and ask God for forgiveness again. Mm-hmm. You know, lifelong feelings of shame become habit. And unless we know how to stop it in its tracks, it becomes an endless cycle of shame, which includes... We just discussed condemnation, comparison, crisis, and commitment. Yeah, I really think that a lot of people live here. Yeah. They live in this cycle, and they just don't know how to get out. It's all we know. You know, I mean, because that's that's kind of the culture. When I talked about the first episode this month about the culture of shame, that is how we try to get rid of it. Because no one likes it, but they don't even recognize it's shame they're trying to get rid of. Mm -hmm. But... The only way to break the cycle is to seek God, which we don't feel like doing at that point, through revelation, reflection, repentance, restoration. And as in any undertaking, there will be obstacles. We talked about pride, a failure to recognize, pain. Pain is a big one, mm-hmm. you know, and the need for acceptance. Pride keeps us from admitting that we might have shame to own up to, while recognizing shame in our lives is not so easy either. And pain wears us down and makes it hard to gather the strength to resist shame. While our need for acceptance from man obscures our need for God. Wow, that's so powerful. Our need for acceptance from man 
it just hinders our mm-hmm. view. Mm-hmm. It hinders our realization of how much we really need God. And we keep pressing harder and harder for men's approval when really what we're seeking is God's approval. Yes. Yeah. But we are seeking it in all the wrong places. Mm-hmm. Wow. So how do people get on this cycle in the first place? I think hidden shame or, you know, like sometimes people aren't aware of shame in their life uh, or they're unaware of sin patterns and sin is deceptive, the Bible says. Um, but also, you know, like when I know for me, when I had really traumatic events happen in my life, you just are like, it's almost like run for cover. Please, I, I got to cover this quick. I don't want anyone to find out about this. And so we don't realize that that's entrenching us on this cycle. We think we're getting rid of it and we're just, it's wrong methods. You know, um, we can ask God to help us see hidden shame in our lives and to run to him, to remove all the shame we encounter, to keep us from being deceived by sin and shame and to help us to cultivate healthy relationships in our lives that produce honor and glorify him. I do think relationships is a key point too, because I know some relationships in my life where I know people operate in that shame culture. And so I know that now going in. I wouldn't have called it that before. After writing this book, I understand it. Mm-hmm. And so I have decided I'm not going to be in that culture. I'm going to value them as a person, but I have to rise above that mentality and try to have a healthy relationship with them. It, yeah. It's hard. Yeah, no, I think that's so powerful. I think some of that comes into that um, that judgmental culture mm-hmm. that we can sometimes find, even in, even in our Christian circles. So you wrote this book to set women free. Yes. To set people free from shame, to really grab their hand and say, hey, sister, I've been there. Let's get through this thing together. We can do it. And we will, I know that, Denise, your heart is to honor God and to point people mm-hmm. to Jesus, no matter where they are on the cycle of shame, to offer healing to them and to let them know that, hey, your life, it can glorify and it can honor God and you can be free from shame. Yes. You know, the Lord uh, also healed me in the writing of this book. I mean, I I knew when I heard the word shame, I was supposed to write on it. I knew that this was something God called me to, even though I had been writing on hope and this new idea of hope that I had, that our hope shouldn't be in things, in outcomes, in circumstances, in people, but in God alone. But when I heard that word shame, I knew that the Lord was like, I, I want to set you even more free, Denise. Mm-hmm. And revelation he brought to me as I searched his word for truth on shame ugh, just blew me away. And at the end of the book, I came to this place of complete worship. As I considered the scripture in Hebrews 12, verse 2, which says, We do this by keeping our eyes on Jesus, the champion who initiates and perfects our faith. Because of the joy awaiting him, he endured the cross, disregarding its shame. Now he is seated in the place of honor beside God's throne. You see, Christ chose to come in shame. Born in a stable, beaten by those he created, mocked by those he died for, carried his own cross, shame upon shame. And the Bible says here, he disregarded the shame. Because of his great love, he loved us so much. And he did not let shame hold him back. And we don't have to either. 
What an amazing thought to think that we are recipients of the amazing mm-hmm. love of God mm-hmm. and that we have the opportunity to live free from any shame in our lives. You know, as we close up today, Denise, I just want you to share your heart, share one last closing thought about your book. We're so excited for you and what God is doing in you and through you and what he's going to do through mm-hmm. the people that get your book. But what are your closing thoughts or Um, encouragement for those who are listening? I'm just so blessed that God called me to write this book because I really, I've already heard testimonies of what God is doing with it, but our loving God chose to walk through shame to bring us salvation. So if you're listening today and maybe you've gone through an extreme hardship and you feel like there is no hope, I want you to know Christ chose suffering to get to you. And He loves you. And He wants to set you free, not just from your shame, but from your sin and to save you. And so even though we will go through shame and pain in this life, it's part of the fallen world we live in. God doesn't mean that He doesn't love you. He chose to walk through shame. He didn't have to, to get to us. Avoiding shame will not produce the victorious life God has for us, but processing shame biblically enables us to rise and walk through shame just like our Savior did. When we detect people in our inner circle who shame us, we are not stuck in that situation. God has empowered us to walk through the door of shame just like He did with truth, humility, and grace, so we can stay off the cycle of shame and avoid the condemnation that shame brings We will encounter shame in this fallen world, but shame loses its power when we do not become entrapped by it. Amen. So the raw truth today is that we will never be more accepted than we are now. God accepted us because of His mercy and not our performance. The radical grace is that when we are accepted by God, we're free to accept others, even when they do not accept us. When we look to our Savior rather than to our shame, we let go of the temporary and we embrace the eternal. Our identity is in Christ now, not in our shame. Mm -hmm. Our shame does not define us when our Savior redeems us. And the real hope is we will not arrive at perfection down here, but in humility we see that in our weaknesses we are strong. Christ is our strength, and He will complete the work He has began in us. I also want to remind you that you can get Denise's book and you can just scroll down. If you haven't gotten it yet, this is the week. Shame Off You is available wherever books are sold and we want you to have part in it. So if you get Denise's book and you read it, if you would do us a favor and go on Amazon and leave a review, you can also go on christianbook.com and Lifeway and wherever books are sold and leave a review. We would love it if you would do that for Denise. That will let other people also be able to hear about the message of being free in Christ. You've been listening to the Black and White Podcast, where we filter life through the Bible and live life in the freedom of truth.